you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with Vince Imperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, how the heck are you? Jeff, I am doing as well as you can be um, in today's climate, but uh, we, we made it through the week. And I'm ready to see what else is going to come, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully uh, hopefully we'll see some positive news coming out soon. Somehow. I don't know how, but maybe something good somewhere in the world will happen. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Joe and Oral's podcast. They did a, a special episode that was just them and Dave Roberts talking about what's going on in the country right now. It was really good. We'll talk about that. Talked about a couple other uh things related to that and then we're going to talk about the union's response to mlb's proposal that was not a counter proposal remember it was just a proposal um and uh what was the other thing we're talking about baseball stadiums oh that's right fans in stadiums maybe this year uh, in some places so that's planned for today first we want to remind you please subscribe to locked on dodgers wherever you get your podcasts and when you get in your car or sit on your couch or go out for a protest Tell your uh, smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. I don't know. Don't listen to us while you're protesting. Probably not. Listen to something more important while you're protesting. Uh, but in your car or on your couch, listen to us. <laughs> All right, Vince. So uh, off air with Joe and Oral, uh, they had scheduled to have Max Muncy as their guest today. And they all decided to put that off for a week just because of what's going on in the country. Instead... They always have Dave Roberts on as a guest for part of the episode, but today's episode was just uh, just the three of them talking for the whole thing uh, and talking about what's going on in the country. And it was a really good conversation. Uh, obviously, Dave Roberts is uh, half black. Joe and Oral are both uh, all white. And they talked about, uh, you know, the parts that really got me, Oral talking about how even when he was playing, he said he would have conversations with Don Newcomb and Reggie Smith and other guys about their struggles when they were playing. But he said he never had those conversations with, you know, Bill Madlock or uh, he didn't say any names. I just Bill Madlock was the first black teammate of Orioles that I could think of. But he said he didn't have those conversations with his black teammates at the time. Uh, but he, he enjoyed having them with the guys who were retired. And looking back, he, he regrets that, that, uh, you know, something about not wanting to disrupt the chemistry. And that's kind of, they talked about the conversation on the athletic with a lot of retired players who kind of said the same thing, retired black players who said that, uh, they would talk about it with each other, like the, the fellow black players, but they never really had those conversations with their white teammates because, it was just kind of understood. You didn't want to distract from the team element. Uh, and, and they all agreed that that's uh, kind of a bummer and probably needs to change uh, 
be more open to having these conversations. I One thing that's really struck me, Vince, and I, I don't know, I feel like there's not enough, and maybe it's because social media limits you on, and, and this is too long to say, but I feel like the phrase, um, you and I disagree, or or don't see eye to eye exactly, let's have a polite, honest conversation about it, and at the end, we will understand each other, even if we still don't agree, at least we'll understa- understand each other and respect each other's views, and I, I feel like uh, the world and baseball clubhouses could use more of that right now. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, I don't. I guess it just depends. There's some people you can talk about, and then you know by the time it goes one circle, I'm done talking about it. If you know if you're not going to, I'm not trying to change your views, you're not trying to change my views. But if your view is just the same thing said in five different ways, uh, I'll leave it earlier than than you will on social media. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, baseball has always been a little bit of that stigma. They, of the of the you know between baseball and football and basketball, they are the the least majority with black players. Uh, they are starting to become a little more you know minority based with if you add in the Latin players and and another foreign born players. Um, but you know what I I didn't get to listen to their podcast and and I will, but. You know, what I saw on social media was the NFL players came out with the video all talking about, you know, addressing the NFL's statement and kind of the NFL's basically how they've been with with players, with black players specifically. Uh, you know, we've we all know about the kneeling things with Kaepernick a few years going in and a bunch of other players that joined in and how that kind of became a big mess. And, you know, they didn't like the statement that the NFL put out. And there's always been those kind of issues so that the bunch of players got together, put together a video. And, you know, it's pretty strong. And I don't know. Baseball's always been a little different in that sense. And, and that's not like that can't be an excuse anymore. We need the players to speak out. We need the players to not be afraid to to speak out. Uh, I think, uh, you know, other sports the players have a little more power than they do in baseball because just because baseball, you know, one player can't really make a team as, as much as it, it can in other sports. But, you know, something like that where the players union is strong and, and they have strong statements against MLB, but it's nothing related to this. So if the players who are in the league right now can, you know, find a way to get together and, and have more honest conversations like that conversation on the athletic, I think that would benefit baseball a whole lot more uh, in the long run. Yeah, it's uh, I wonder if we'll ever see that. Um, it's hard to say, you know. Uh, one thing I really like that, that Dave Roberts said, just talking about being willing to have these conversations. Um, and he said, understanding what people's hearts are. And the words might not be perfect. My words, Joe's words, Oral's words. But I think we can try to take the positive and all get better. That's where we have the chance to sustain something really positive going forward. Um, and, and, but that has to start with those conversations. People have to feel, uh, comfortable enough to have, have the conversations, you know, be, not be afraid that, you know, l- like for me, um, I always have this nagging fear that I won't say something right in a, in a conversation about something that's important. Um, and that, you know, something I say will come off wrong or, or just something that I just don't understand, you know, and maybe don't even recognize that I don't understand it. Uh, and, you know, 
it's uh, I, I I don't know both sides being more comfortable to have the conversation be a little bit more forgiving if things don't come out quite right and and be willing to say uh, dude I love you but what you said right there was stupid and let me explain why you know um, in, in a way that that people can actually learn and grow from I guess I I don't know it's a it's a hard thing uh, but it seems like it's worth figuring out so that we can have these conversations. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head on that point of, you know, being uncomfortable and having these conversations. And, you know, that's why these type of conversations should probably be had in private because, you know, if you're talking in private, it's a lot different. Um, if you're talking out in public or social media or whatever, you know, things can be misconstrued. Uh, you, you, you look at Drew Brees, Drew Brees, while his words in in it of themselves aren't terrible, you know, but in the context of everything else and kind of being out there on an island the way because, you know, he was just in a one on one interview, uh, you know, it got taken to crazy proportions and not that it's not deserved just because of, you know, how tone deaf it was in this climate, but also just in general of, you know, respecting your, your fellow players and uh you know your teammates and everyone else around you so yeah i think when we open up to have these conversations in private you know a couple of his teammates said they did talk in private and uh, they felt better about it after all and he apologized to the team stuff like that is where it can all get out and then those guys recognize more what they need to do or or how they need to approach things uh because it's not different it's different for everybody yeah absolutely um you have any final thoughts on on that topic? No, no. This was a, a good topic, and I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, before we uh, take a quick break, one quick note: Carl Crawford, unfortunately, former Dodger, was arrested for domestic domestic assault, domestic violence. Um, his ex girlfriend, I guess, he attacked her physically. Uh, I don't want to get into the details, other than to say that's obviously never acceptable and uh, terrible news and uh yeah suck it carl crawford yeah yeah not not a good look um anyway so that sucks we will be back in a minute to talk about the latest in the union and ownership battle and to talk about the report about fans and stadiums so keep it locked on dodgers all right vince it's time for our obscure former dodger we'll do this quick um i was thinking about 1985 that's the first year that I really remember, even though I started collecting baseball cards in 1984, the first real stuff I remember from, from watching baseball is from 1985. And a guy on the Dodgers in those two years, 84 and 85 was Bob Baylor. He had been a blue Jay, came with the Orioles, then spent several years with the blue Jays and then a couple years with the Mets. And then he was actually in the trade uh, from the Mets to the Dodgers that sent Sid Fernandez to the Mets, um, which ended up not being a great, trade necessarily for the Dodgers uh, but Bob Baylor was uh, about as nondescript as you could get as a player uh, he had a boring name boring face uh, never led the league in anything although he did finish uh, second in errors committed as an outfielder in 1978 so that's exciting um, and he uh, got zero votes for the Hall of Fame but he did make the Hall of Fame ballot in 1991 and he played a total of, I don't know, 11 years and was just kind of your basic boring average player, 8.9 career war. So 
Uh, he is about as obscure as it gets, and so that's why he's my obscure former Dodger. You are on point today with hitting things on the head. <laughs> Bob Baylor's obscure. Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the Players Union had a, a, a Zoom call, basically, and to talk about uh, MLB, you know, MLB rejected uh, the players' proposal and didn't offer a counter proposal. Uh, they just said, we'll come up with something. And so the players just kind of had a meeting to, to talk about it. Uh, over 100 players were involved in the call, which is a pretty darn high percentage of the players. You, a lot of times this stuff is just left to the individual team's player reps, but a lot of players want to be involved. And then Tony Clark issued a statement uh, to the media, for the record. Yes, he has decided that not negotiating, negotiating through the media is apparently okay now. Um, but he said that the, the players stand in solidarity and they will not accept any more pay cuts. Basically, they said they we've already accepted over a billion dollars in pay cuts by agreeing to a prorated salary. Um, their stance is that they didn't even have to agree to that. And I, I don't know. I'm not a I haven't read their contracts recently. I'm not a labor attorney, uh, but I would think that there would be a legal case to say, you know what? When I signed my contract, it didn't say anything about how many games we were playing. It said, I signed to be on your team, and you're paying me this much per year. And so I think the players, if they wanted to, could have fought for their entire salaries for this year, even if there was no season at all. So the fact that they agreed to a prorated salary, uh, they feel like, and I agree, they've already given as much as they can be expected to. And going forward, they are not going to accept any more cuts that doesn't mean they won't accept deferrals that i did notice the lack of that word and so i think there still is some negotiating room but uh it was notable that that they stand in solidarity and they all agree that they are not going to put up with ownership's crap yeah and that's a, it's a good look for them um i do think i can't say this for sure but because twitter's a little different so you know you do feel like the players are, are a little more people are on their side. I don't know why it feels that way. Uh, maybe it's just more of the same people. But, yeah, I, I like I said, the solidarity, I think I believe I saw Muncie, Kike, and Jansen, maybe a couple others post the MLBPA statement on their Instagram stories. You know, so they're all they're all part of it. And, yeah, like you said, they the concession was made already. The fact that MLB wants to not show how much money they're lo- the, the teams don't want to show how much money they're losing, but also want to take more money from the players is it, just not right and not a good look. Uh, and, you know, obviously it's a completely different scenario, but if a guy gets hurt and goes and gets Tommy John surgery and misses the whole season, he still gets paid for that season. So... You know, if you look at it, that obviously there's still games being played, there's still revenue being made, but you know they signed a contract, and and that's kind of what it is now. If they got deep into some of the, you know, wording in the contracts, maybe they, you know, MLB would have been able to find a way to get out of all the contracts and not having to pay players if they got down to that type of fight. Uh, but that we don't know of, and. It's I don't know it, the, it it just every day I've teeter between okay yeah it's gonna be cool and then uh, we're gonna get a forty game season that doesn't even feel real. Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I've said before and I still maintain that 
I'm not on the player side here just because the owners have more money than the players. Uh, I, I, if I thought the owners were in the right, even though they have more money, I'd be on the owner side. You know, um, I don't think the relative amount of money that they have is relevant, but it's also striking to me that ownership really seems to be depending on this public perception of rich ball players being greedy. And it, you know, it really is true that 100% of baseball owners are filthy rich and like 20% of baseball players are filthy rich. You know, they, they all make more in salary than, than 95, 99% of the American population, but they also have a much shorter time window to make that money. You know, if you make, if you have a job that pays you $120,000 a year and you work for 40 years, you're going to make more money than a guy who makes the league minimum for a year and a half and then flames out. You know, there, there is, uh, there's a lot to say for the fact that not all ball players are rich and you know, we, you mentioned Kike Muncy, those guys are just starting to get paid. Um, you know, the, obviously some guys, yeah, Mike Trout is, isn't going to be hurting. Even he's just starting to get paid what he's, what he's worth. But, uh, you know, there are plenty of baseball players who are totally rich, but there are a lot of guys who've been in the league for a year or two making the league minimum. And this is their livelihood and they're watching it slip away and, and they absolutely should be fighting for, for their rights. And good on the players for not dividing, you know, the, the tactic of the pay cuts was a divisive tactic to try to split all the players that wouldn't be affected too much and obviously the, the players that make a lot of money and would be affected the most. So, so far they seem to have that united front, which is pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's good to see. I, I'm I, I joked on Twitter that maybe Tony Clark was on vacation or something because the union was doing smart things. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of his leadership uh, or at least his negotiating he's ability. He's had a time to read during quarantine. Yeah, maybe. And maybe his leadership is fine. I, I definitely don't think he has done a good job for his union in CBA negotiations, uh, but maybe leadership and, and bringing the guys together and rallying the troops. Maybe that is something he's good at. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. He was, he is a former ball player and, you know, I'm sure he has, uh, there's something about being a professional athlete that kind of gives you that dynamic personality a lot of the time. So, um, all right. The one other thing we want to talk about is the report that uh, a source said that it was specific to Texas, Texas because Texas has already said uh, pro sports can have fans in the stadiums. And this report, this source said that uh, Major League Baseball was inclined to allow the Astros and Rangers to have fans in their stadiums, uh, which you assume uh, would expand to any state that that is allowing it on a statewide level. Um, and, and I could see that actually applying to quite a few states, you know, the uh, maybe not even a, a majority of baseball teams, but, you know, I could see the two Florida teams getting to that point. I could see, you know, a, a lot of very few places are like L.A. and New York. And so uh, a lot of the league plays in slightly different kinds of places. And uh, I don't know, what were your thoughts, Vince, when, when you heard that maybe some teams are going to be able to have fans in, in the crowd? Did we talk about this on the air or off the air the other day? You and I. Yeah, we we vaguely touched on it. I presented the question to you. Do you think? Okay, that was while we were recording. I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so I said then that I felt like MLB would have to 
keep it fair and say if, if everybody can't have fans and nobody can, but it seems like maybe I was wrong about that. Yeah, I don't know if this is some kind of concession to someone so some revenue can be made or what it is, but yeah, it doesn't seem fair if that was the case. Not even for the fact of home field advantage, but just for the simple fact that, you know, these guys are already putting themselves on the line just going out there and playing in in this know environment uh and then to force them to subject themselves to even more people in the stadium just because of who they're playing or where they're playing it just you know it doesn't seem right and uh you know not that i wouldn't mind seeing stadiums open up but if they're not all opened up i i still don't think that they should allow just certain whoever's in the right area they got lucky to be in the right area and they can have fans inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I guess I don't have quite those same concerns that you do. I think there's, it's easy enough to separate. I, I don't think uh, if the players don't want to come into very close contact with the fans, the players don't have to, um, you know, and, and I could see them even just closing off the first 10 or so rows of, of the stadiums, you know, so to keep the fans even farther away. Um, that part doesn't concern me as much. I, I am interested to see if they did do that, if they would go to what I talked about the other day of, of a full revenue sharing where the Astros and Rangers have to split their all their profits from having fans in the stadiums with the other teams or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I was really surprised to read that report. Uh, it is So far, it's still just one unnamed source, so it might not be legitimate at all. Um, but uh, I'm ready to go to Houston and watch the Dodgers play the Rangers, you know, or the Astros. I probably won't see the Dodgers play the Rangers in Houston, um, but I could see the Dodgers play the Rangers in Arlington. Anyway, I'm ready to see the Dodgers play. That's what I'm saying. I guess that would be the the one big part of it is that, well, I mean, who knows what things would look like, but uh, I'd definitely try to do that if that was possible. Yeah, and one other thing is it seems like Arizona might be likely to be another state that, would allow fans sooner than later. And so that's even closer watching the Dodgers play the D-backs in Arizona. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting to follow. Interesting to see if they get more than one anonymous source talking about that. Uh, but it definitely, you know, and at this point, who knows if we're going to have a season. Um, players and owners need to come together and, and put their differences aside, by which I mean owners need to pull their heads out of their backsides. Um, because that's where they are right now. Their heads are in their butts, Vince. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll get baseball, and hopefully maybe we'll even get to watch some baseball live in person. That It would be an ideal situation for 2020 at this point. Yep. Uh, I miss Dodger Stadium. I don't know if you know that, but I do. Uh, all right, I think that'll wrap it up for today, right? Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, good week of episodes. You know, obviously it's a different type of, of episodes that we've been having but um as we said in the first part it's good to have these conversations and get to you know get them out there yep yeah be the good that you want to see in the world go out there and be the kind of person that you wish everybody was and maybe it'll rub off you know so we we will be back on monday to talk about whatever's going on maybe there will be some baseball news uh maybe there will be good news in the world maybe the world will be a little bit better placed by by monday's episode who knows but thank you for listening please subscribe to locked on dodgers wherever you get your podcasts 
If you have Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it much, go ahead and subscribe there to help other people find us, rate and review us if you have nice things to say about us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. DMs are open on all of those. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Our phone number, if you want to leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. All hard and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.